This is Come On You Reds, Gareth Wheeler, Terry Dunfield with you for another week of hot Toronto FC talk. You ready for this, Terry? Because we got a big episode for our listening millions this week. We have our first guest of the season. Should we tell the people right now who it is? Or should we wait? It'll be a little bit of a surprise. I don't know. I'm up to you. What do you mean it's up to me? I'm I asking don't know. you. I'm trying to give you some tell power him, for tell a change. Him. It's Drew Moore. What? Drew Moore? <laughs> Toronto FC <laughs> center back will join us in the second segment. How did we segment. get Drew Moore? Well, Renata. So, it's all Renata pulling the strings here behind the scenes. The pod's taking off. Well, and I think Drew actually requested, he said, how do I get on this podcast? And we said, well, you need to wait your turn because we have other priorities first, but we'll get you in when we can. So Drew Moore will join us in a little bit. He's going to walk through um, that unfortunate injury that's going to see him on the shelf for the next two to three months. So we'll talk to Drew about that, about the team's form, the team's travels, and a little bit about Drew himself. That's coming up. The Dunfield Dumpster, Wheeler Waystbin, and a top high five that was picked by Terry Dunfield. See, I'm trying to give you some power. I like this one. You do? Yeah. So Terry originally, by the way, wanted to do top five takeaway. So what like, what would be the equivalent here in Canada? Like dining out? <laughs> like, no, your favorite takeaways. So like Mexican food or Chinese food. Or... Right, but that you like take order out from a restaurant. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I just don't Sushi. think it's readily called takeaway here. I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's not called take. What do you I call it? It's called like takeout. Takeaway. Yeah, not takeaway. Take it's called takeout. So if we in England, if I ever got a result, <laughs> it's always takeaway on the an Indian or a Chinese exactly. to like reward yourself. So on we'll the way save home. that during a lull during the season, but we uh, got a different. Uh, so my ideas are lull worthy. No, no, that one we're banking for later. Oh, banking so the good stuff. Do, it's going to accrue interest. It's going to get that much better over time. Like it. Uh, you can get at us at WheelerTSN, at Terry underscore Dunfield. We're, we'll start things off discussing last week's result, a 2-2 drop BMO Field last Saturday against the Chicago Fire, a game which, quite frankly, Terry's mired in controversy the way that VAR was used and wasn't used over the course of the game. Is that your biggest takeaway? Ah, <laughs> you crushed me. I was going to go there. <laughs> From the draw last weekend. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gutted for the guys. I, I, they just weren't able to get over the line. But uh, my biggest takeaway, for sure, VAR. <laughs> and it, it could have easily been a four or five niller. All of a sudden, give some credit to the fire. This fire team a couple years ago yes. would have been beaten four or five. They sort of hung around, uh, scored at the right times. And TFC... Uh, did enough probably to get the three points, but just didn't get that little bit of luck at How the end. How good did they start? Unbelievable. How, like, the team, okay, so... There's there so much talk about the travel, tired yes. legs, a beaten-up squad. I didn't buy it. These players are fit, and I think that it's much easier to play when you know that you don't have a game on the Tuesday or the Wednesday to leave it all out there over the course of 90 minutes. Now, in fairness, the team did run out of steam a little bit. I was surprised. Really? Yeah. I'm not surprised by the way they started because we already discussed after any disappointing result, and although they won in Mexico, they didn't win the Champions League, you want to get back on the field right away. That's a sign of a a good team, a side that that don't get beat consecutively, that that find ways to win, find ways to just stop the rot almost and and start to put a run together. And this could be the start of the run. But but the way TFC started, I was surprised that Vasquez was in the team. He he played 70 minutes in the final. And then I I thought that was him playing uh, 
banged up and, and, and just putting his heart on the line for the group. But he, the fact that he started was a huge boost, and I, I thought he really made TFC tick. Well, he was incredible. Toronto FC started that game like a house on fire. Honestly, they came in waves. Uh, the scoreline said 2 nothing in the early stages. Could have been 3 or 4 or 5. They were that good. And Chicago played with Bastian Schweinsteiger playing kind of like as that center back. And they were forced to come out of their shape, add another player to the midfield because they were simply being overrun by TFC. They couldn't get a kick. No. And they tr- initially, they, they were caught in between. The, I think they wanted to press and, and stop TFC getting into their half. But in the end, they, they just sort of capitulated, sat so deep. And, and TFC did a great job of circling the box, picking up second balls. And it was just wave after wave of attack. And it was almost just a matter of time before they scored. Azorio scored in the eighth minute of play. Far post. Kind of reminiscent of a goal he scored in the Champions League, wasn't was. it, Terry? But very good movement. The goal, the referee, Alan Kelly, was, gonna, was, was, was front and center throughout. Uh, the VAR official did check it, but he didn't go to the replay. As Victor Vasquez played the ball over the over the top line to Sebastian Javinko, who looked like he could have been a, a step offside. No call was given that time, and Javinko ends up picking out Azorio on the far post. Yeah, it was great movement from Javinko to come short to create that space and depth. And it was just probably one of the few times in the first eight minutes that the Chicago line was quite high. It was a great ball played in behind into that space. But if you looked at, watched Jonathan Azorio, he, he wasn't ball watching. He gambled at the right time on that pass in behind. So he, he got half a yard on Ellis, his counterpart, for a tap in at the back post. But it was, uh, it, it was great movement from Javinko. Nice execution to put him in behind. But Jonathan Azorio gambling, tr- looking to get forward from his left-hand side slot of a, of a midfield four uh, was why the goal happened. For I, I, I want to park VAR from now, but a goal was called back based upon VAR. Very good give-and-go between... Javinko and Hasler and Eusebio with the finish. Awesome move. It was an awesome move, which was called back. I want, I want to park that for a minute because this conversation is going to come up. But TFC inevitably should have, you know, had three at the point, but doubled their lead. Victor Vasquez, it was a, a second phase of a corner kick. Michael Bradley kind of not completely shanked it. Give him an assist as well. Might as well because he's He'll been so good for this assist. team. <laughs> now he got a primary assist because it went to Vasquez. That's now, right. I thought that Vasquez was playing the ball across the six-yard box trying to find because there was two players on the far post. It was Hasler and Might have been Osorio. someone else yeah. was there. But he, he claims, and I believe him because it's Victor Vasquez, <laughs> that he picked the corner. Just a beautiful finish to make it 2-0 yeah, in the 22nd. It was audacious. Uh, to, to even see it, let alone execute it. It's incredible. He's a magician. And I loved his first touch, actually. Michael Bradley sclaps it out wide, and it's hanging in the air. It, it doesn't come to him quickly, but his first touch off his chest actually takes him in front of the defender. The ball sits up nicely, and he's like, why not? With his instep of a foot, lobs uh, Sanchez in the net. Sanchez goes for it. He makes it look even better than what it was. It was dirty. And, and, and dirty he, Sanchez. And it was almost before the BMO faithful <laughs> erupted. <laughs> it was dirty Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, there, was like, there was almost like a slight moment of silence because the, the fans were like, did that just happen? Yeah. 
and uh, incredible goal. And, and, and you're thinking at that point, Wheels, that TFC are just going to run away with it. Yeah, and the, it could have been more. They were coming in waves. It was that tactical adjustment by Ponovich and the Chicago Fire putting Schweinsteiger up in the midfield. Just to, He played a, basically a freelance role that kind of settled things down. Because like I said, with one... I don't know if he was surprised at TFC without Altidore, just played one striker up top. But basically, they were outrun in the midfield. And they made that adjustment. And Chicago did work their way into the game gradually. Yeah, that's a good point. They had three marking one up top. And sometimes when you play with the back three, it can turn into a back five. And it was almost like the fire were inviting TFC onto them. Vasquez was finding all sorts of pockets to play in. And, and I think the move tactically by the fire was, was spot on. Schweinsteiger was a little bit of a pain in TFC's ass because he was given a free role. And he was just sort of popping up in areas in between lines and, and difficult spots for he the two midfielders. He does look a little bit heavy, doesn't he? Yeah, looks he, like he loves he, a chippy, he, doesn't he? He looks a little bit chunky. He's broad. He looked a little bit <laughs> chunky. I thought he had. I didn't think he had a great first half, but I thought he came into the play a little bit yes. in the second half. I, I was a little bit worried how Delgado was going to do in that number six role. Takes a lot of discipline. He, he's very good at... Again, a player that can play in between lines. He's got a great running capacity. But I thought he grew into that role as the game went on a little bit. Okay, let's talk VAR now because we already mentioned that the Sebastian Javinko goal was called back for offside. I don't know if it was. The linesman's flag didn't go up, and then they end up going back to review that to find Javinko offside, so a goal was called back. Then TFC late in the second half. Ashton Morgan, after the play runs on, is called for a penalty, came in from behind, ends up catching Nikolic, I believe. Yeah. A um, little bit of a late challenge, but one that was still subjective when you looked at it on VAR. And inevitably, the 2-1 goal for the Chicago Fire, VAR wasn't used when the ball was played back into the mixer. It wasn't Schweinsteiger, the goal score that was offside. But Nikolic, the passive offside rule, he did make a play for the ball. That did affect Alex Bono. And the ball goes into the back of the net. So we have a real problem in the application of VAR when and how it was used for one team versus the other. Go, Terry. Go. Have at it. Have at it. Do you want me to go at VAR first or do you want me to go at the goals? You can, you can go whichever way you like. So VAR right now is causing the biggest problem in that no one knows when it's going to be used. And, and referees, uh, we'll touch on it with Drew a little bit later, are copping out of decisions. They're just letting the referee in the booth make the decision. And why, why make a decision if you're either going to be overruled or it's going to be relooked at anyway? The fans don't know whether to celebrate if there's a goal. The players it's clear don't. clear and obvious. What is clear and obvious right now in MLS? And I get that there's going to be teething problems, but we're, we're well into... There's been a lot of games used in VAR. Problems are still happening. It's taking emotion out of the game. There's long stoppages right now. And, and decisions look different on camera. They look different on video. Let, let's go step by step. The first goal that was called back. It looked on. I Linesman looked, didn't I put up his flag. I, this morning I looked at it a million times. And there's, I thought Javinko's first goal was probably had more hints of offside than the... Sorry, Zorio's goal, Javinko's run on that goal looked more offside than what, the what goal that was called back. What I've been told is that linesmen, and this is what's going to be for the World Cup as well, that, that they will not put up the flag if they think it's close. They will rely on replay and to bail them out. That's a cop-out. It's horrible, and that's why uh, I think it Make was... Make a call! 
the 84th minute, just look at my notes here, Nikolic clatters into Bono. The linesman doesn't put his flag up, and Bono could have been injured. Yes. And it's a penalty, but all that was for nothing because he was offside. So the, the linesman... So not only does a player get injured, yeah. a player should have had a penalty, but it's all for nothing because it's offside. I, it's I, a shambles. I don't even think I'm old school on this. I think I'm, I'm part of the common sense group here. The accountability should be on the referee the referees officials the fourth official to get the calls right I, and you know and then only use var for black and white scenarios did the ball go out of bounds goal line technology these things i can wrap my head around but when we look at something and you and i are still having a disagreement about what is clear and obvious and whether it should be called or not that's when you should just leave it alone and instead people in the stadium are just out there winning like and the players are saying well what's going on here or if there's anything ticking. or if there's anything controversial the, the players are going var it maybe we'll get out of it yeah. that slows down the rhythm of the game and, and and that's important as well players are being smart stay nikolic stayed down for 20 minutes However long it took when Ashton Morgan kicked him, he wasn't in pain at all. And there was, what, he's like just, two, three minutes of time added on? Like, where's the time added and on? And he's just waiting for VAR. Oh. I did think it was a penalty when I first saw it. Uh, Ash, this happens in the game. He, sort of Nikolic is in almost Ash's blind spot. He doesn't see him. He kicks him. It, it is a penalty, so they do get that right. But the VAR officials have to wait till absolute clarity, clear and obvious. And, and, and Nikolic, for, for get, Nikolic like, was you know offside it, on the 2-1 goal, Terry. You know what it's almost like? It's like you give somebody a job and they feel like they have to get involved. They have to have their two cents. We need to utilize them. They, I, I think VAR should be more like if something's completely wrong, we now go to VAR. Yes. And we're 100%. Not using them as a crutch. I will continue to go back to it, clear and obvious. And none of them were, and it ended up playing against TFC. It brought Chicago back in the game, 69 minutes. that, though, I want to say what Alex Bono made a great save in transition off Collier, uh, where, where he made uh, multiple Kat big Ty saves. It sort of played it across him. His footwork again was actually makes a good save, stops the penalty, and and I thought Clint Irwin might have started that game just with giving Bono a bit of a breather uh, from the Concacaf Champions League, but he he was. He was, he was, you know, when a player's in the zone and a player's just like really engaged and, 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 and feeling it, Bono had one of those days. Well, and he made the MLS 18 for the week that was as well. Uh, 69th minute, I, I, again, Vieira should have been used. It wasn't. I have a real problem with that. I think that TFC's hard done by they didn't come away with the full three points. Now, I will give the fire credit because Katai's a very good player, and Ponovich and their manager threw caution to the wind. I think he saw that Toronto FC, it's not their they're, they're down five regular defenders. He wanted to test them. Vandy tried to even that up by bringing on Jason Hernandez to kind of settle things across the back line. But really, every substitution that Chicago made was positive. And Schweinsteiger was playing up top. It was basically like four at the back and six attacking players. And they went for it. It's a former Toronto FC player, Alan Gordon, that gets the, gets the equalizer in time added on. Scrappy as can be, yeah. but still right before that, I don't know how the ball, I still don't know how the ball stayed out when it went off post, defender, Bono, like... So TFC were playing with fire and got yeah. burned by the Chicago fire. <laughs> Mate, your pun game's on fire. Thank you. Uh, I work at, out. At 2-0 two, at down, at 2-1, you've got nothing to lose. And, and he threw, as you said, threw caution to the wind, the fire, threw on a whole bunch of attacking players. TFC just tired a little bit with, with I think, the travel, uh, not having recognized center backs in. 
uh, changes in midfield. TFC just looked a little bit disjointed, and and I thought they were going to see it through when they got out of jail a little bit. When Bono made a great save off, save off Alan Gordon in extra time, and then Nikolic hits a crossbar. Liam Fraser does quite well in the scramble, and then you're kind of like, okay, this is it. And then Schweinsteiger picks the ball up wide, great ball into the box. I think Asher Morgan would like that one back. He could have cleared it at the near post. Leo yes. Fraser's a little bit high. I thought he could have been deeper, sort of screening the back four. And remember, right before that, seven toss, we're in on a two-on-one, and Ricketts just didn't make a direct run. Yeah, and th- this is sort of where I was going to go at the end of it, that I think at 2-1, TFC still needed a- another goal to sort of ice the game off. And they did that a whole bunch last year when they teams were open and chasing games. They get that third and fourth goal to just sort of see it off. On the goal, though, it's it was a little bit fortunate for Malin Gordon. He's not trying to control it. Sort of, it hits him in the shin. The ball dies dead, and he just swivels and, and smashes it into the net. And it was at that point, and I, and I love the mentality of TFC that it's they're so focused on the process and and, and how they win games. But I, I think that they were just chasing points, and 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 just it was all about the last the three points in the last ten minutes, and right. they were. Just, it was a little bit panic stations, and, and I thought they got out of jail but weren't able to do it. Um, I'll just say this, and we'll put a book, uh, uh, a period at the end of it. Um, if Toronto FC is up 3 nothing in that game, which I believe they should have been, it's game over. Match is done. The referees allowed Chicago to have that second lifeline, and full credit to Chicago for taking advantage of it, but still... The game should have been a Toronto FC runaway, but the game should have been settled in the first half of play, in, in, in my personal opinion. Anyways, TFC come away with a hard-fought draw. I think one um, of the big positives, though, you take out of it, without Altidore, TFC still created five or six chances, looked a real oh, yeah. threat going forward. I, I thought some of the moves and intricate play were excellent. Vasquez was involved. Again, Zorio was excellent off the left-hand side, playing out of position a little bit. And Javinko's form right now is... Is at, I know maybe he's not got the goals he's, he's he's scored in previous years at this stage of the season, but I think he's playing some of his I, best stuff right now. I think it's a great result for Chicago. I think it's a good result for Toronto FC coming off the midweek match in Guadalajara. Just, it's, a, yeah, it's a missed opportunity, it's but it's a good result still. The way the first 30 minutes played out. They did enough in the first 30 minutes to win the game. So it's back to basics for Toronto FC. A week at home for a change. Out of a home date Friday night against the Philadelphia Union. We'll look into that in a few moments' time. But our first guest, player guest, I should say, of the season, as Drew Moore checks into the pod next. Wheeler and Dunfield with you. This is Come On You Reds. Welcome back to Come On You Reds. Wheeler and Dunfield with you. And Terry, this is a big moment. This is a first this season of the podcast because we're interviewing our first player of the year. Now, you and I had a good chat about it, who we wanted to chat with first. Who was it first? Jonathan Azorio, Michael Bradley, Ashton Morgan, Alex Ball. Honestly, we went down a list of players and everyone said no, but we finally found someone, Terry. He was at least number seven or eight on the list. No, no. The glue of TFC. The beard himself. The nicest guy in MLF. He is. It's Drew Moore. And and I'm glad that he understands I'm taking the mickey out of him. What's going on, Drew? I appreciate that introduction. I was at least in your first 11. (laughs) That is true. You Don't tell the other guys, okay? You are in the first 11. Good to see you, pal. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I, I'm happy to be here. I wish that we were speaking under different circumstances where you didn't suffer that injury, but how are you feeling? All the fans out there are wondering, Drew. Yeah, it's strange. I, I actually feel 
fine. I feel good. Um, when I found out it was a, a as bad a tear as, as it is, I was very surprised because um, it, it didn't feel terrible. I was guessing maybe a couple weeks. Um, I, I very rarely have muscle issues. Um, never really experienced anything like it o over the course of my career. So uh, it was uh, it was interesting. Um, but but I feel good. I, I can still walk around. I can still pick up my boys. Like it's uh, it's kind of strange. So let's get away this get this negative out of the way. Then we can move on to other more fun things. Like how did this all happen? Like how did this play out? Because a lot of people are saying, man, like Drew's down there. We're setting up for this big Champions League tie, and then all of a sudden you're hurt. So how did this actually play out, Drew? Yeah, it was a, a movement that I've done thousands of times in, in my life. Uh, I was dribbling the ball, and, and, I, and I went to pass it across my body with the inside of my foot. Not a, not a long pass. I, didn't, I wasn't striking the ball hard or anything, and I just felt it go immediately. Um, again, it wasn't real painful. It was almost just like a real hard cramp, um, just, a, just a quick tightening all of a sudden. Uh, and, but it, it didn't go away. I, I stepped off the field immediately. Um, I could tell our, our head trainer, Carmelo, knew that uh, it probably wasn't great. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't get an MRI until we got back right. from Mexico uh, to confirm it. But, uh, again, it was a movement that I've, that I've done thousands of times, tens of thousands of times. Do you know what's crazy? You played every game, I believe, but one last year. On the way to winning the MLS Cup, you played over the course of your career, and it happens in training. Like, isn't Awful. that? Yeah, so I thought you weird. were awesome in the first leg as well against yes. Chivas. Almost scored. Uh, Michael brought. You played center forward at times, Drew. <laughs> yeah, looked, yeah, it was awesome watching you step up. Did you speak to Michael? Give him any tips uh, when he came in at center back? It's funny, you know. Michael is just such a such a good professional. He he can step in any spot on the field and not look out of place. And, and I shared a couple thoughts with him, and, and to be fair, he came up to me with a, with a couple questions, uh, a little bit of advice, and, and I, I kept it very simple for him. And uh, he stepped on the field and looked like as, as good of a center back as you'll see in MLS, in my opinion, and, and was huge in the second leg against Chivas, uh, and, and has had to step in a couple more times and might have to, you know, uh, in the near future. Um, and, and I think I, I even tweeted, I, I laughed. I, I tried to give him advice before the game, and, and he, he, was, uh, he was fantastic. You talk about sort of the players talking within the group and a little bit of that togetherness. How important has that been to the group, not only in the Ch CONCACAF Champions League run, but over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think s since I arrived in this club um, uh, at the beginning of 2016, I, I realize how much of that goes on, and it's led by by our captain Michael Bradley. But you know Josie Altador, uh, Sebastian Giovinco, these guys with experience that that understand it's it's an entire unit, it's an, an entire group. We have very very good individual players, but it's such a good team. Um, guys always try to get on the same page. Whether we're speaking at the airport and in, in the hotel at team meals, it's it's it, we have a lot of fun. We we enjoy each other's uh, company, but when it's time to to get serious and 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 discuss tactics and 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 and, and football uh this club uh, and, and this team and group of guys does it better than than any place i've been drew moore joining us and you boys spent a lot of time on the road <laughs> together between now and january and almost any... i was i added it up yesterday almost sixteen thousand miles already how many days away 
Like, seriously, does your family recognize you? Do your dogs recognize you? <laughs> barely, barely. Any chance to bring up dogs, dude? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously. We have a very the similar Frenchy connection. Yeah, <laughs> connection. So we're bonded. It's the tie that bonds. Uh, any crazy or funny story? That that comes that's on the off the top of your head something that may have happened over the course of all your travels here early in the season. You're putting me on the spot with this one. Or maybe there's just something like there was a trend that happened and someone goofing off or the, or, or like a quirk or quirk. The trend is I literally feel like I could look out the airplane window at any time and know exactly where we were <laughs> because I had seen it the week before and the week before that and the week before that. Uh, no, we you know we would fly Air Canada down to Mexico, and we would almost take the exact same path. Every I always like to look at the map. Yeah, me on too. The, on the back of the seat, you know, and it was like we had been there a couple of days. Weren't, days weren't you guys doing doggies over top of your hometown? Yeah, we, we, a couple of times actually. I, I you know we were almost close enough to, to Dallas, Texas, to where I, I would text and I got Wi-Fi on the flight. Text my parents, hey, look out the window, I'm right above you. I'm right. as close as I'll be to you in a little while. Right. You know, so. Um, well, no. he, the one thing he didn't have to see was the shine of a Super Bowl in Dallas because that resides in Philadelphia. Sorry, I'm an Eagles fan, Drew. Sorry, I had to uh, throw know. that out there. <laughs> uh, It's nice you got the new contracts. You could step up and get Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a perk. He had that written into his contract. Nice. Do you have a roommate while you're away? Or did yeah. you get your own room? Uh, I don't own, know how that works. Own room uh, for, for a little bit because uh, Jason Hernandez made the Houston trip. Um, usually I'm with Nick Haglin, but uh, obviously he's been down for, for the last couple of away games. Um, uh, because yeah, you're a veteran, do you get to choose your own? I, sometimes, I, Nick, if, if Nick and I are on the road, Nick Haglin and I are on the road, we're, we're rooming together. Right. I think I'm the only one that can actually put up with them. <laughs> right. It's almost like I, I go on the road to get away from my two kids, but I have a big kid that I have to take care of on the road. <laughs> um, Nick uh, Jason Hernandez is a great roommate. Well. I've heard rumors that Hernandez might have a big fine coming his way. Reporting a little bit late. We we that's been settled. Uh, he All was right. he was a good professional about it and uh, took care of it the way that I would have expected. Nice. So just a quick last one from me. Uh, what was it like? I, I never got to tick off playing at the Azteca. What was it like when you first walked in there and sort of training there and and just everything sort of associated with the Azteca? The Azteca is incredible, and it was the first time I'd ever actually been there. I was curious. Um, they've done such a good job of keeping its charming character it's obviously a very old stadium but it doesn't feel old uh it, you know they, they they've kept it they've kept it extremely well uh but they also have the uh, there was down the tunnel um almost every match i think that had ever been played there the who was the home team who who they were hosting the score wow. picture you know incredible pictures throughout the the decades and stuff and when you're actually on the field, you it's massive. You feel like you're playing in a spaceship, which sounds wow. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was very impressed with, with the Azteca. One of the things, or one of the reasons why I thought you guys did so well on the run was there was no intimidation, though, by None. these Liga MX sides, stadiums, all the history. Is, is that something you guys discussed and were sort of broke down barriers, not only for the, for the league, or did that just come naturally w within the group? Or? I think a little bit of both. Uh, we have some very experienced guys, obviously, um, who have played in bigger occasions than, than the CONCACAF Champions League uh, matches. But I, I don't think MLS can use being intimidated or tough atmospheres as an excuse to, to not have success in the Champions League. It, we have 
just as good atmospheres, in my opinion, here in MLS. Uh, just, you, you know, the, the crowd is just as intimidating as some places in MLS. And, and no longer can we expect MLS teams to go to Mexico, to go to Central America, and, and think this is too much for us to handle. This is too intimidating. It's, it's, it's a, a thing of the past. And, and I think, you know, Toronto FC prepared us, the club prepared us. The guys we have in the locker room were ready for it, and, and we handled it uh, very professionally. I, I want to talk to you about your job really quickly, being a defender, because we're at a time in the game of football where the art of defending is being kind of thrown in the waste bin. We see a team in Liverpool, for me, ter and ter I don't know if Terry agrees or not, can't defend worth a lick, but they're going on to a Champions League final. I just wonder, your team last year on their way to winning the domestic treble was predicated f through strength at the back. And I just wonder about where you think the game is going today based upon teams really, truly focusing on the attacking side of the game and the art of defending is being lost to a certain degree. Do, would you agree? I 100% agree. I I've thought over the course of my, this is my 14th season MLS, it has become harder and harder to be a defender in this league, to be a good defender, to be a defender that you know, the casual fan or even the hardcore fan thinks, hey, that, that's a good defender. They, they don't get scored on a lot. It's, the players that are being brought in, the, the style that the game is going to, uh, it's it's difficult, man. And it's not just because I'm, I'm not a 22-year-old <laughs> <laughs> anymore. It's because teams are trying to score a bunch of goals. And, and I think one thing that, that TFC has done well um, – and I noticed it as soon as I got here was we, we defend as a team. We yes. defend as an entire unit, and we did it extremely well last season. Sebastian Giovinco was a defender at times last season and a very good defender at times. He didn't play in the back or in the midfield. But we preach defending and being difficult to play against and being difficult to break down. And out of that, we're able to create some very, very good uh, attacking style as well. And, and so I think I think that's one thing TFC has done well. But... It's very, very difficult to be a defender and, and not just probably MLS. But is, is, it, is it more because of the way that teams are lining up or setting up, or is it the way the game's being officiated? Like, what, what, what's the biggest challenge? Because <laughs> talk to me about VAR right <laughs> now. <laughs> no, Terry and I have both been vocal the about it. I just I, I can't we'll believe that, that VAU, it, and we're doing this later on in the pod, but how it, VAR is used for subjective calls is beyond me. Something that you're looking at a replay that the, the call could it be made on the field in live time? I, I think it's just a complete cop out. I, I'm, I agree with you again. I think you, you see the ref has a feel of the game. He sees it while it's happening. While he doesn't always get the call right because of that, you can go and look at a replay a hundred different times. And and to me, it's still a judgment call in a way. Uh, a lot of times, um, and, and maybe are they relying a little bit on VAR now and not making? certain calls on the field because they know they can I, I just I'm not a big fan of it no I, I think Drew makes a great point there that, that I think a lot of the decisions are still subjective and, and that's one of the reasons why we love football is because everyone has a different opinion yeah. and unfortunately now referees with VAR in my opinion are now relying on replays and, and they're sort of copping out of making decisions and when you slow stuff down it does look different and now I think Bono picked up a knock when Nikolic ran through. The referee didn't want to make a decision, puts his flag up late, and now all of a sudden we have an injured player. What would have been a penalty, but he's now offside. The Switch Schweinsteiger the goal was <laughs> Nikolic is you know, probably involved putting Bono off there. So it's, it's, 
the, the clear and obvious, I, I don't know whether that's discussed in the changing room. I, the, the, the motion, the fans don't know whether to celebrate now. There's probably 15 minutes in the first half where we don't know what's going on. There's only three minutes of extra time. It's just what's clear and obvious, Drew? <laughs> well, yeah. Is it, it's clear and obvious it's flawed right now, and there's work to be done, right? Yeah, I think <laughs> that's I clear and obvious. Be careful. <laughs> no, I, but I'll, you know, again, I'm, I'm trying to be honest, but... Uh, you don't want an invoice from MLS in your locker. <laughs> <laughs> but he would have been the only player. Like, there's been coaches and players across the league this year. I mean, what happened to TFC last weekend, it's not the only scenario. Uh, look what happened with the Galaxy last weekend. Look what happened to the Whitecaps in Atlanta. Like, it's a, it's a long list of people. I think that you need to have this discourse in order to get it right, inevitably. I, I think, uh, again, I, I'm more accepting of if when I go back and watch a game or I watch a call that I think was wrong. And, and an offsides call was wrong on the field. I can accept it a little bit more if they haven't gone to a replay and, in my opinion, still get it, still yeah. can get it yeah. wrong. Yes. You know, it's like, okay, they got it wrong, uh, whatever. But now they're going to a replay, and, I mean, you look at our game last weekend, I think there was four offsides calls that were wrong, and, yeah. it, and it, it affected the game. True, Wheels had the best goal call of his life on the Javinko 1-2 with it? Hassler. And then he had to call back his goal call. <laughs> yes. It was devastating. Yes. <laughs> You can't take you away can't that moment. I, just have these small moments in life. You need to grab a hold on it. It was taken away so cruelly. So, Drew, I know that you're going to be on the road to recovery. If you ever want, like, an Apollo Creed to your Rocky Balboa, you and I can go running on at Ashbridge's Bay, Toronto Dude, Beach. That would be can a get back in shape together. That would be a confidence boost for him. Training partner? <laughs> yeah, well, or I could be, like, more Mickey. Come on, Drew. There we go. <laughs> Dig deep. Uh, we wish you all the best in your recovery. Can't wait to see you back out there on the field. Hey, maybe we'll spin it to a positive. Maybe we have a new World Cup analyst that can jump on with us for some of the World Cup. like it. Good thinking. I think more importantly, our listeners would appreciate it. Yeah, totally putting it. Just let that marinate, okay? I would like Drew? that. I would like that. All right, we'll talk. We'll I get can it. tell you right now, I don't need to marinate it. All right. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Will's wife works for Canada Goose as well. Oh, what does that have to do with anything? It's now summertime. You think about I that. I wish I would have known that six months ago. Well, now we, you know, here in Toronto, now we just skip spring now. It goes straight from winter yeah. to summer. Yes. So Winter is too long here. Way too long. Yeah. What would you rather, the climate here, though, or Dallas? Oh, come on. It's not even close. Was that a really, real question? Dude? Yes. <laughs> Dallas, please. It's, <laughs> this is a guy who lived over I a decade in Dallas. The sun shines in Dallas. It's so windy down at the say, GA event. The, the, yeah, we it do was, get wind. Is that why the pitch is lower in Dallas? Because of the wind? I don't know. Right. I guess. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always um, wondered that. The, how was I gonna? I forgot what I was. Do gonna sp- say. What time do you train in Dallas? Do you train at night, in the middle of the day, or the mornings? In the morning. Early. It. It yeah. Is. You got to take the good with the bad. You know. I. I, I just think summers uh, are rough in Dallas. The summers are beautiful in Toronto. Beautiful yeah. summer in Toronto, but you just have to. You have to withstand too much of winter to yes. get to it. You know. Honestly, your best friend through winter is Netflix. That's yeah. that's that's about and it. Um, I'm glad that Drew Moore is going to be our uh, our best friend this Subtle. summer, potentially, like for the FIFA World Cup. Drew, thanks for doing this. And you can tell the other guys in the room that turned us down that there's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys having me. And, and again, that I was in your first Olympics. You went from like seven or eight. I think you're on the podium now. You're top three. You're you get a medal for yourself, by the way. Thanks, Drew. He top is man. Drew Moore, the Dunfield Dumpster, and the Wheeler Waste Bin still coming up here on Come On You Reds. 
Top man, good stuff with Drew Moore. Terry, are you threatened that Drew Moore might take over as my co-host of the pod? Dude, are you threatened he might take over <laughs> as my co-host? <laughs> You've been put on notice, son. Uh, thanks to Drew Moore for uh, taking part. We look forward to having some other He's players. He's a class coming. act, isn't he? Oh. On the pitch, off the pitch. Top five favorite Toronto FC players to deal with all time for me. Nice. Top five. You've been through you're some play. You've you're been on through the list. Oh, well, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you just make my list. No, in a good way. In a good way. Uh, well, so, you make my, I mean, between you and Molinero, I mean. Yeah, Molinero's sitting in the background. He told you your crap earlier on, which uh, it's tough to disagree really? with. As a play- uh, no, not as it, a player. As just like a person in life. Just when we were doing our segment Molinero, before. stop snaking all our content here, no, mate. No, no, no. Molinero, top man as well. Um, Terry, we, we got plenty to get into, so we got to kind of have to go rapid fire here. The Union in town on Friday night. I love their goalkeeper and Andre Blake. They do have some interesting players up top. They're a mix between athleticism and they play a little proper football as well. But it's a game where Toronto FC should be comfortable that from an attacking perspective, they should get plenty of opportunity come Friday. They should. And when the Union come into town, I've, I've actually been to a lot of Jim Curtin's press conferences and he's looked a beat up man. I, I, I go back to what TFC put the union out in the playoffs and he's always been very complimentary of, of what's going on here in Toronto and just how good Javinko is and just finding ways to stop him and, and just like his quality. Uh, I, I think at the back, if, if they stick to a similar shape they've been playing recently, there could be opportunities. Trusty and Elliot, the two center halves are 19-22. I'm not a huge Gaddis fan, the left back. Rosenberry hasn't hit the heights of, of, of his rookie year. Rookie year. Medjun, Yenin, uh, uh, and, and Bedoya as your holding midfielders are, are sort of good if they're given time. Bedoya is more of a box-to-box player. But if TFC can shift this back four round, I think there'll be seams uh, where players can sort of look to find those little pockets sort of in behind them. They, they're, they're, they, this back four can be opened up. It's a good game for Toronto FC to get back on track. They've only played two away matches, haven't got anything from it, so looking forward to TFC. Union on Friday night. If you might be listening to this on TSN 1050 right now, if you are, this will serve as your pre-match show as coverage begins at 8 p.m. and, of course, on TSN as well. Um, the primary transfer window closed in Major League Soccer. There was some movement. Los Angeles FC, second place in the Western Conference. They pick up Lee Wynn. What are your thoughts on that? The way it played out, Terry. Yeah, Lee Wynn, he sort of took himself out of the squad, refused to play. Brad Friedel sort of, I think, must have had a conversation with him and said, you're not my guy, you're not my go-to player. He's been Mr. Rebs for the last two, three seasons. I like him. I think he's a quality player, one of the best tens in the league. He plays at his own tempo. Uh, maybe that the Rebs are trying to be a little bit quicker in transition, but I, I don't think it's a precedent the legal like that, that a player sort of says, right, I'm not going to play until I get a trade. All of a sudden, he finds himself in L.A. It's a lot of money, 950 grand in allocation. Uh, I think it's a great pickup for L.A., uh, but I, I think maybe it's a sign that some power is shifting in this league towards players. Interesting. Uh, they also bring in Diamande from Hull City as well. So they're going to go for it. Expansion teams, you don't have to be an expansion team in the truest sense of the word anymore. You can go for it in year one. Yeah, I think Diamande will be a good one. I think he's your, what was the the prototypical number nine for this league? Big, strong, athletic. 
a uh, little bit similar profile to Josie Eltador could cause problems and, and Rob Bradley and, and John Thornton in LA sort of said right we're going to see how we start the season uh, and right. we'll add pieces to it and they're doing exactly that and I think these players come into an already very good side, just moved into their new stadium as and well. And congrats to David Villa, goal number 400 of his illustrious career. <laughs> oh 400 my. goals. I haven't even had 400 shots in training. Right. <laughs> if I'm if I'm Spain, I still pick him for the World Cup. Really? I do. I do. Um, we'll save that for another day. Um, some big names being linked to, to MLS as well. Fernando Torres, Carlos Tevez. Casillas. Either one of those players. Casillas. I mean, Torres to Chicago. Tevez to D.C. moving into a new stadium. Like, I know that this league has come a long way from being the retirement league, but at the same point, those are still top-name players. It's not as if it's just Joe Blow coming over here. Yeah, I think players are now looking at this league and, and saying, one, we can earn good money. And, and I hate to say it that players are selfish. And, and at the end of the day, money does— It's better than China. You can get paid more in China, but it's, you played there, Terry. But but you're earning good good money now. I, yes. I think you're playing a, a good level of football. I, I think these players have gone to China and, and training grounds and training sessions and the standards that they're used to in Europe haven't been met. And and I think if you come to the MLS now and look at training grounds and infrastructure and, and the way teams go about business, Tevez has mates in the league now, players that he knows. And, and it's a, not only a high standard of football, players are well compensated. You're playing in front of 30,000, 40,000 more in soccer-specific stadiums. This league's on the rise. Yeah. And, I, and I think players now want to be a part of it. I'm with you. Uh, we got to keep on moving along. Wheeler waste bin time. Um, players not celebrating goals against their former team. We saw Mo Salah, arms up, scoring against Roma, Mkhitaryan against United, James Rodriguez against... Rodriguez against... was a bad one. You're on loan, I get it, but you're never playing for Real Madrid no. again. Go enjoy the Celebrate moment. Go enjoy the moment. Fans. That's why I appreciate yeah. Alan Gordon doing his donkey. <laughs> like I don't even know what that was. His knee got caught in the turf and celebrating against Toronto. Go for it, man. I was, Go for I was it. doing what Greg... I was kicking water bottles in our booth. I was, ra- I was so disappointed that TFC could see it. I thought yes. we were going to get there. But yeah, I was... Always wanted to celebrate. They didn't score many. That's but what the enjoy game's the about. Moment. And and fans love that. Yes. The fa- fa- fans love celebrating. It's, it's part of the game. Go. You've got a moment. Keep your shirt on. Go express yourself. Who was the Who was the player that just got picked up a second yellow just recently? Oh, I don't know. It happens regularly. And then he gets sent off after he's on a yellow. Oh, it was Tichera in, yeah, Tichera, uh, in right. Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, do you have a dumpster? That's the third time that's happened to a Vancouver player. In Vancouver. Really? Hasley did it when I was playing, yeah. Wow. wow. Do you have a dumpster? Uh, VAR still. Oh, yeah. Just throw that. <laughs> Keep it there. The dumpster bin closed. Ka-ching. Um, because... and, and like the Drew more niceness as well. It, it like makes us look bad. I think he's too nice. Yeah, it's just it's just such you a nice guy. You think it's disingenuous? Guy. No, it's, it's, just, it's, all, it's true as well. He's just a good dude. Um High five time and our high five this week. Terry came up with it because TFC's down center backs. What? Who are your top five players that you like to step in and play center back for Toronto FC right any now? Five Anyone. current players around the world. If you've got an open checkbook, Uncle Larry Tannenbaum, you could bring anybody in. Yep. If you're listening, these are our top five. Okay, who's your, who? Who's coming in at number five? Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go with PK. Okay. But more because I love Shakira. Yeah, I love Shakira. <laughs> I love Shakira. PK is number three on my list. Hits. PK is one of my top five players in world football over the last decade. Yeah. Married to Sh- he lives the life. Married to Shakira, World Cup winner, 
played for Manchester United and Barcelona. He played with Man United. Played for Man he United. He's so cool and he's so good. Yeah. PK is number three for me. Number five, Diego Godin, Atletico Madrid. Ooh, Uruguay. I, like him. I thought about him. He's like he's just a throwback. He's not the fastest. He's not the biggest. Not the strongest. Just plays the position so well. He's kind of like the South American Drew Moore. Okay, a uh, little bit different, but I. I, I <laughs> Diego uh, Godin's my number five. Okay, he was like in my top ten. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go with a very undervalued, appreciated center half in the league. Uh, a little bit like Drew Moore, until you get him into your club and you can build a team around him. Chad Marshall. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Right now you'd want him on I, your yeah, team. I go with Chad Marshall. Chad Marshall knows the league. The ball's a magnet to his big... Martial law. He's a huge heat. <laughs> yeah. The size of that boy's heat. <laughs> but yeah, I go with Chad Martial. Okay. Who's I'm going to go uh, Kalidou Koulibaly from Napoli. He's like huge. I was going to put Have him in my list, him? but he's I like can't six pronounce five, his name. Six, six. <laughs> and like, he's one of the... I, he's one who I'd like to see come to Manchester United this summer, to, to be honest with you. But my number one that, is who Man United should go for. Beyond that, i like uh, Koulibaly to be huge for Senegal at this summer's FIFA World Cup. TSN, Sleeper team. TSN 1050 World Cup. By the watch. way, KJ's having the, the fantasy World Cup team. Terry and I are joining forces again. Follow him on Twitter at Christian Jack. I've, Sign up today. I've heard okay. thought of her name too, by the way. Okay, save it. Save it. We're getting t-shirts made. I have PK at three. Who do you have at three? Uh, Ramos. Yeah, Sergio Ramos. He's yeah. at number two for me. You know, he's me. got one goal in every seven, eight games. He scores every Champions League final. He's going to be licking his chops. He plays that Liverpool and back And he's line. just a pure winner too. Yeah. Put a cheeky bet on that. Ramos scoring against Liverpool in the Champions League final in Kiev. You heard it here. Book it. Number two. I have him at number two. Who do you have at number two? Van Dyke. Virgil Van You love Van Dyke. I love eh? Van Dyke. I think he's even more important to Liverpool than Mo Salah. <laughs> and and, and our next Hit him up on Twitter at Terry Anderson. In our next field. podcast, let me explain myself. Okay. When we've got more time. Because we don't have time. Yeah. And at number one? Hummel. Matt, Matt Hummels? Hummel. Yeah, and I think if Man United are going to win the Premier League and catch up to Manchester City, they should have and should go out and break the bank okay. on him. I have a two-headed monster at number one. Kalini and Barzali from Juventus. Like, you could throw in Benucci, but he left with Milan. They're the yeah. best center-back Benucci's pairing not been great in world in football. Milan. He's getting Those a bit two, better. Kalini and Barzali can be on my team any day of the week. The best yeah. center back. I'd love to hang years. with Chiellini. I don't know how his body. I want like, to be his, my bodyguard. I'd love to know who his physio is. Oh, the guy's just a beast. The best <laughs> all out out defenders in world football are always what Italian. We Chia- all know that. What about Chiellini in the last 15 oh. minutes of game when you need to hold on? No kidding. There's no one else I'd rather have on my team. That's why they're number one on my list. Good t- Good high five here. Yeah, I good like stuff. I was do one. You Take can- away my takeaway one. No, 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 we're going to do that. Than that. When, in, in, what, like, in a bye week in the summer, we'll do that one. It'll be brilliant. It's great. Um, Union TFC coming up Friday night. Terry Dunphy and I will have the radio call you can watch on TSN as well. Phone-in show as well? Post-match phone-in show. I Get on it. it. I love it. I love uh, the interaction, hearing opinions, talking to the talking to fans and uh, I, I think it's it should be part of soccer culture we got to run torontofc.ca for all your news and notes information he is terry dunfield i am gareth wheeler thanks to everyone for listening thanks to drew moore thanks to ellie renata and you the listener as well this is being come on you reds